Welcome to the College Football Survivor Show, where playoff survival is always on the line. Here are your co-hosts, Doug Maurice and Shahan Jeharaja. Thanks to all you guys for joining us again. Here on the College Football Survivor Show with Doug and Shahan, a lot of stuff happened with the college football playoff and lack of expansion uh, last Friday as I was walking around Disney World. I was like, man, I don't know. I didn't bring my microphone to Disney World. Did we, did, should I be leaving Epcot uh, to go talk about this? But Shahan said, Doug, live your life. You're, I was there with my kid. She was Martin in the marching band. Live your life. So we are here because Shahan has spent the last five days thinking about the most informed, rare, seldom heard opinion about the fact that the college football playoff is not going to expand for the next four years. We have a four-team playoff for four more college football seasons at least. It is something of a surprise, Shahan, when we started this show last summer. We did so sort of in anticipation of playoff expansion. So now that you've been mulling this over since Friday, Drop, drop knowledge, Shahan. Boom. Watch out, people. I'm just going to kick back and relax for the next, if you want to go like 11 to 13 minutes, just on this initial laying it down, just drop this track on people. And then I'll get it. I'll get a coffee and come back. You do your thing. Go. <laughs> well, I think the biggest surprise to me is, I mean, I don't really know what the ACC is trying to accomplish here, right? Because you see the vote come out. It's eight to three. It's the three alliance schools voting against, but you hear the Pac-12 say, you know, we'll, we'll kind of accept anything. I think that they ended up voting in a block to try to preserve sort of that alliance power. But, uh, you know, the Big Ten is the conference that doesn't necessarily need this from a monetary perspective. We see these rumors about a billion dollar contract floating out in the ether. Uh, I mean, but the ACC, if, if the Pac-12 is willing to go for almost anything, I don't understand why the ACC isn't either. I mean, yes, they've had Clemson. They've had a team that's won the college football playoff in recent years. They, you know, but this past year, we saw when Clemson isn't Clemson, and we don't know with Brent Venables and Tony Elliott leaving Clemson, if Clemson is going to be Clemson heading forward. This could be a real issue for the ACC if we stick at four teams and Clemson isn't going to be one of those teams. Because... You look at the rest of the conference, right? I mean, th- this is not a conference that has teams that are truly going to push for the top four. I mean, with with Pitt this last year winning the conference, they barely would have gotten into the top 12. I, I mean, this is a conference that I think really needed expansion and needs expansion. Now, obviously, the, the playoff is going to go to market, and I think that, that is a big driver behind some of this waiting game. But the other thing is that the ACC is an ESPN league. You know, I mean, part of this is to try to divert power away from ESPN uh, and away from the SEC, of course. But the ACC already kind of has that tie in the first place. I don't know why they'd care necessarily about it. So I I think for me, it it feels a little bit like a power play, especially from the ACC. Now, again, the Big Ten and the Pac-12 are part of this, too. You know, the ACC isn't going at this alone. But... It's just surprising to me that uh, that they kind of turn things over that quick. And the other thing, too, is why have these conversations if this is what you wanted in the first place? If you wanted to wait for the playoff to be able to go to market and to be able to really make it from scratch up in 2026. I, I don't really get the point of having these meetings, of having these conversations, of flying into Dallas, of flying into Chicago, of flying into Vegas. If, if you don't really feel like there's a way for you forward. I mean, I talked to Bob Bowlesby back in November, the, the Big 12 commissioner. And he felt like this was just going to be rubber stamped in a lot of ways because it's something that's good for the sport in many, many ways. But now here we are, and it feels like in some ways uh, the alliance might be cutting off its nose to spite its face. 
So the question is, is whether it's worth walking around noseless for four years in the pursuit of something greater, because this is the if what one of the things that happened is that the alliance formed this thing that people made fun of. They wondered why it existed. What is it? It's not there's no signed agreement. It exists only in the minds, basically, of the president's ADs and mostly the three commissioners of those three leagues, the ACC, the the Pac-12, and the Big Ten. And as long as it exists in the minds of Kevin Warren and Jim Phillips and George Klievkov, then it exists. And that it does exist in their minds because George Klievkov, as many have pointed out, released a statement, Pac-12 commissioner, after the vote saying, we want expansion. After they voted against it, why did they vote against it? Because they voted with the alliance. Even And if the alliance, if the alliance didn't exist, it's clear they wouldn't have. The Pac-12 would have voted for it. And the Big Ten maybe would have voted for it, although it seems like there's two th- – you know, the Big Ten has a thing that's holding it up too. Here's the thing the, 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 on the Epcot ride, right? You guys, If you guys have been to, to Epcot, it's, a, it's the community that Walt Disney uh, imagined an ideal future. And, and in that ideal future – they didn't have a college football playoff. I wish they would have, but it's maybe one of the main things he overlooked. But there's this ride. It's inside a giant golf ball. If you guys ever see a picture of Epcot, it's a giant golf ball. We call it the golf ball. You go in the golf ball, and it's a journey through time. And it's from, like, cavemen to Steve Wozniak in his garage making an Apple computer. And one time when I was in it, when I was in California, we, we went to the Apple campus, and we bought T-shirts because we're suckers. And then you can go to the garage where Steve Wozniak and Steve Jobs like first made the computer. Like it's at, it's at a house. It's like two miles from the Apple campus. And we went, we drove past it, but somebody just lives there. I can't believe they didn't make it in a museum. And like, I, I cried, I cried driving past that garage because to me, it is the symbol of like the American experience, like two guys in a garage right there. And 40 years later, there is a campus of a gigantic corporation that everybody in the world has many computers connecting themselves to the rest of the world in their pockets because of those two guys in that garage. And so they have a little thing of the garage on the golf ball, right? And that kind of thing, Shahan, that experience of what a person or two people can do, you can change the world. And it's something that starts so small and grows so big. It overwhelms me. It, 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 there's something that comes out. It, it, it makes me feel alive to know things like that can happen. So my daughter, when we go on the golf ball ride, you go from cavemen to that, she gets overwhelmed with an existential crisis every single time. Cause the whole thing is like, it's Judy Dench going, is it Judy Dench or one of those other British actresses? Julie Andrews? <laughs> She's Mary Poppins. I'm getting ready to do a British. It's like the world has existed for 40 zillion years and your life is but a speck. And the whole thing is like, I'm going to die and no one's going to care. So in that world, Shahan, in the golf ball view of things from cavemen to computers, is waiting four years for college football play of expansion so bad. Is it so bad? Or is this <laughs> – when I get back from Disney, I think every, I think every, about the, everything through the Disney lens. But a speck, then the, 
The conference commissioners met, and with an eight to three vote, they can add that in right after the computers, the lack of playoff expansion at the end of the ride. That'll be the next thing they add in there. Is it that big a deal, or is it mostly a PR problem that it felt like they promised expansion a year ago, and now they're not doing it? And that if they just wouldn't have screwed up the rollout, and if they would have not said anything and just let it work out and never even put the 12 team plan out there, would we be fine? Is this just bad? It's poorly handled from a PR perspective. And that's the bigger deal than the actual idea of they're going to run through the whole original 12 year contract, which means four more years of the playoff as is. And then we'll see. Is it more PR than actual harm to the sport? I think, I think definitely, but let me ask you this. If Texas and Oklahoma don't announce plans to go to the SEC over the summer. Do you think we already have a 12-team playoff? Yes. And so what this ends up being is it's just turning into a dick-measuring contest with the oh, SEC. Can we say do that? Do we say that I, word? I, I, can can we? we say that? I, I don't oh. know if we can. How do I don't you know. put I don't the know. label? Can you put the label? <laughs> the explicit I, I, don't know how to, I don't know how to label this podcast. Let's try it. Ooh, let's try it. Oh, my goodness. We can't get sued, can we? I don't even know how podcasts work. It, it's too late. We've already been sued, remember? <laughs> but <laughs> then this this burgeoning young podcast about the playoff was suddenly snuffed out by one <laughs> misspoken word. And that was the end of the college football survivor show. Uh let's try it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but the point is, do you really want to do that with the SEC? They They've proven one that they're ruthless. I, I mean, they obviously Greg Sankey went into a room with Bob Bowlesby and took his two signature teams while working with him on a playoff proposal. So the SEC will do anything. They do not care. And I, I just don't think that it's one that the Alliance can win. I mean, in some ways, the Alliance existing and being three conferences versus one sort of shows how I don't want to say insignificant because obviously the Big Ten is very powerful, but like how big the gap is right now that it has to be three against one in a lot of ways. And, you know, I mean, because obviously the Big 12 is kind of just like, I mean, we don't have a dog in this fight. Like we just want what's better for us and what's better for football. But like it's turned into a three versus one where the one still might win, you know, at the end of the day. And so I think that you're in a position, right, where I think it devalues everybody else around the rest of the sport when you start doing that. And the other thing too, and one reason that I think that this is also an issue for the sport is that if you have two years of this expanded playoff, you have data to show to people, uh, to, to TV broadcasters, right? If you have two great years, which you would because it would be different and the first two years are always going to be better than how they're going to be long term, you can go to NBC, you can go to CBS, you can go to Amazon, you can go to YouTube TV and say, look at these freaking amazing numbers that are dwarfed only by the NFL. Wouldn't you want to bid on these instead of what has become less and less and less and less popular over the years, uh, like the college football playoff semifinal and, and national championship have, have become. So I do think that it's a PR problem, but I also think that it's, it's a problem in terms of creating the most attractive buyers when you do go to market. And I think it's an issue in terms of, uh, you know, just setting up the sport correctly. I mean, nobody wants this to stay at four. This is not a good thing to stay at four for anybody. I, I mean, you, I, I talked about the ACC. The reality is the Big Ten. I mean, obviously they've had teams get in, but 
one a year at the most, and really it's mostly been Ohio State. The SEC is the team that can get multiple teams in. They they play, just played an SEC national championship game. I mean, nobody wins except for the SEC if it stays at four, and not even the SEC wants that. So this is the thing. The, the thing that I think bothers me the most about it is, and we'll get into, is there anything that's good about it and what this says about leadership in college football? Um, and then on the, the Thursday show, which the Thursday, we're going to have a Thursday show this week because we didn't have a Tuesday show because I was still in Disney World. We're going to do that for the Apple Podcast subscribers. You guys can subscribe for $2.99 a month. You get a show every week that's only for Apple Podcast subscribers. We're going to talk about some individual teams that this situation is the worst for, uh, that there's not going to be expansion for the next four years. The thing that I don't, I like the least about college football, I like the games the most, then the popcorn. Then the pageantry. So games, popcorn, pageantry. <laughs> they have blown a hole in so much of the fabric of college sports in the name of money, especially college football. All the conference nonsensical conference expansion that Nebraska and Rutgers are in the same conference, that West Virginia is in the Big 12, that the ACC stretches from the tip of Florida to Nova Scotia. I don't think Nova Scotia Tech should be in the ACC but it is <laughs> bold. All those things. They don't care. They don't care about anything but money. That drives everything. Games are on Ohio State open last season on a Thursday night, Minnesota. Like all the times that they're playing games, not on a Saturday. They don't care about anything but money. So here is a gigantic opportunity to make money. And now, now it's sort of like, oh, but now there might be other things that we care about. I would say maintain the 80% of your sport, maintain the integrity of that and the everyday Saturday regional rivalry aspect of college football, which is so important. Maintain Texas and Texas A&M, right? Maintain Oklahoma and Nebraska. Maintain that kind of stuff and then sell your title. Sell your playoff because, okay, we're going to do our thing for months and months and months, and then we're all going to come together at the end and get the best of the regions in one big playoff and make a gazillion dollars off of that and give that money to everybody. But they've done the reverse. They blow up the regular season at every opportunity for every nickel they can find. It's like, oh, uh, you guys want Penn State playing at uh, at – Rutgers on a on a Tuesday afternoon to get the New York TV market that sounds great, but now you want to do this and it's like oh well now we have to worry about automatic qualifiers and the Rose Bowl once we start on the Rose Bowl and and the number of games like they went from eleven that this is where people have problems like what here where were you where were you for conference realignment where were you when Everybody was making their own little TV deals and like people can't couldn't get the game because there were fights with cable companies. Where was the integrity then? Where was the slowdown then? It's been full steam ahead for a decade as a huge money grab. And now this is where we draw the line of sensibility at the thing where actually chase the money, let more people in, let's go. That that I can't believe. It's so incongruous that there's it's so nothing is connected. There's no through line of thinking about anything. That's what frustrates me, because I, I, I hate the chasing money 
by screwing up uh, the second Saturday in October, but they've done that already. Yeah. No. And I mean, this is why I like the 12 team playoffs so much, right? Because you're kind of guaranteeing yourself a champion from every region and not all of them are going to win the national championship, but I don't really care about that. I kind of think at its core, the cool thing about this sport is the idea, like you said, that you have this regional game that then comes together and, and puts out their champions. And it's, man, what USC is coming from the West Coast. That's a team of the West Coast, and they're going to come, and they're going to play the best teams in the country. And we got this team from the Southeast, and we've got this team from uh, from the flyover states, and we've got this team from the Midwest. I think that's cool. I, I think that's really cool, the idea that we get all of these things to overlap. And, you know, with the, with the 12-team playoff, we're guaranteeing at least some level of that, right? We're, we're guaranteeing some level of national involvement. So, I don't know. It's, it's frustrating to me because I just feel like it's so good for the health of the game, too. And when you hear Greg Sankey and Bob Bowlesby talk about this and what went into their proposal, that's what they put at the forefront is they think that this would be the, the plan that would leave the sport the healthiest, and I do believe them. I mean, granted, I think it's always wise to take Greg Sankey's words with a, with a grain of salt because he's also going to do what's best for him and for his conference first and foremost. But I do think it's better for college football. I do think everybody benefits from a 12 team playoff with a, with six conference championship auto bids because you re-put a, a focus on conference championships. You put a focus on national college football. You guarantee that there are going to be some level of teams that are going to be able to to come from everywhere in the country. And you guarantee, too, that winning a conference championship does mean something, which it hasn't this entire college football playoff run. So I don't know. It's I understand like the minor things, but again, it's just. If you are going to get into a power struggle with the SEC, I don't like your odds. I just don't. But aren't they in it? Are you already in it? Because the the SEC power part is happening. The SEC is exerting power. I guess the question is, then is there struggle or not? So you, if you don't, if you don't struggle, there's no power struggle. There's just power taking. So should you not have the struggle? Should you just sort of say, okay, well, the SEC is going to have the loudest voice in college football, and away we go. And we'll ponder that a little bit next on the College Football Survivor Show. The College Football Survivor Show, where playoff survival is always on the line. All right, Doug and Shahan, we're explicit, and we're in the midst of an existential crisis. That's where we are on the College Football Survivor Show on this Wednesday. Let's answer a couple. Let's try to have sharp questions and give brief answers to these some particular questions. Shahan, is this bad for college football? That they're not expanding for four years. Is it bad? There's no doubt about it. There's no doubt about it because you are in a position. I, I mean, basically put it like this, right? If you have an opportunity to better your situation and you wait, the longer that you wait, the more damage you're doing to yourself. So I guess that that is a fine, there's a fine line between is it bad and is it, and is it preventing it from being more goodest, more more get better this again it's disney brain i have disney brain i can't i'm thinking like a duck i don't think it makes college football worse for the next four years but they aren't seizing the opportunity to get better but it's not like they have a competitor that's going to pass college football while it maybe stays at status quo longer than it should i 
it's bad PR because people like us are spending time talking about the sport and fans are frustrated. Fans who are anticipating something, they sold people a bill of goods they didn't deliver on. That's bad PR. I'm not a thousand percent sure it's bad for the sport. It's just slowing it down, getting better. Is that not a distinction worth worth spending words on? Well, I think that I think that there's not a competitor per se, right? They're not competing against somebody. They're not trying to keep off the XFL or something like that. That's not the point. But I think that the issue becomes that you are fighting against yourself. You're, you're playing a battle against your own branding. And the longer that it takes for national college football to truly become relevant, I, I mean, you're doing, I think, untold damage to the future of your sport, right? Because, for example, if right now, obviously, the Pac-12 and the ACC are like the two conferences that are really struggling, I mean, you are existentially impacting West Coast football, not just the teams that are playing, but interest in the sport as a whole. And so all of a sudden, are you in a position where the player pool starts drying up even more in California and Arizona and Nevada and wherever else, right? I mean, is that an issue that you're facing? Is it going to be, I mean, if you're the Pac-12 and you're not going to be in the college football playoff, I mean, we can talk about USC. We can see if they're going to, you know, make it before this expansion happens. But, you know, are you going to be in a position where you you have two teams over the entire course of the playoffs that have ever made the college football playoff? And the most recent was in 2016 by the time we're in 2026. That's a huge deal. I mean, why would anybody consider going to a Pac-12 school if a team isn't in the college football playoff and they don't really have a chance to, you know, again, maybe USC breaks some of that, but maybe they don't. What if Clemson kind of falls apart and they're not a team that's in the top four year in and year out? What if they are more a team that's in the top 12? Well, all of a sudden then the ACC is not a place that you can go to play in the college football playoff. The Big Ten's always going to be there. I, I mean, I think that Ohio State's a powerful enough brand that you expect that they're going to be in competition for the top four. But I mean, I think that I think the longer that this goes on, especially based on the timing of Texas Oklahoma moving to the SEC, I think it can become an existential question of whether these other leagues continue to be seen in any sort of comparable way to, uh, as power leagues. Okay, so and again, just I feel like we we maybe need a reset for people here. What happened is you had to have unanimous agreement to expand now because they are still in the midst of the original 12-year TV contract that they had with ESPN for the college football playoff. They've had eight years of that. So when we talk about four more years of the of the current playoff structure, it's because they'll be finishing off that 12-year deal rather than expanding in the midst of that deal. And then once that deal is up after the next four college football seasons, I mean, they'll obviously negotiate it beforehand, they can open up the TV, they can bring in multiple TV networks that are part of it. They can, you know, you you sell it to different people. You're going to make more money overall, but they are delaying making more money because they weren't going to implement this in the next year. It basically would have been two extra years of an of expanded playoff because it would have taken time to get it rolling. So they're missing two years of the money, two years of the expanded opportunity, two years of relevance for the people who aren't currently making the playoff. Here's the, here's another specific question. And the, and the Alliance, we have a glossary. Can you attach a glossary to a podcast? Maybe we should do a glossary podcast episode this off season terms that we throw around and what they really mean. 
This alliance is nothing but the Pac-12, the Big Ten, and the ACC sort of agreeing to think alike and vote together, and that's what they did. And if they did not vote together here, it's possible that the Pac-12 would have voted for the playoff, and maybe the Big Ten, and maybe the ACC doesn't want to be all by itself and have it be 10 to 1, and we would have had an expanded playoff. That alliance was formed to get 41 schools as a wall against the SEC. Shahan, if those schools want to stand up to the SEC or even just stand up to the idea of the SEC, that we want everybody to have a somewhat equal voice, even though we acknowledge the SEC is better on the field. Was there something they could have done that would have been more effective than voting to, to not expand the playoff? What could the Alliance do, have done instead of this? I don't know that there's a lot. I mean, I, I think that this is the big point of leverage, right? But I do think that at the end of the day, you kind of need to be in a position where you are, you know, I, I don't know exactly what I'm trying to say. I mean, I think that you're just in a position, you need to be in a position where you have something to fight for that isn't just, let's not let the SEC get what it wants, right? Because that's what this feels like. It feels like we're in a position where the alliance is just kind of saying, well, if the SEC likes it, let's just be against it. Let's just be polarized, right? I mean, that's that's kind of what it feels like in a lot of ways, is it's just trying to be a counterweight, regardless of what these member institutions actually want. And I think that, again, I, I think that ultimately gives more legitimacy to the SEC and more legitimate, uh, legitimacy to the SEC's ideas. Um, you know, I, I just, I don't know. I, I don't quite see the point in it. And the other thing, too, is that, when you have Gene Smith, the Ohio State athletic director, come out and say, you know, eh, we're in the alliance, but we don't really want to be scheduling games against these teams because we'd rather schedule games against the SEC. Like, you're already cracking the alliance. You're already giving up the game in a lot of ways. And so, I don't know. I, I'm not saying that there's something super obvious that they could have done instead because this is the sticking point right now in college football is the college football playoff. But I would just like them to have a little bit more of a plan than what if we didn't let the SEC do what they wanted? It is Judy Dench, by the way. I looked it up. It's Judy oh, Dench. Oh, look at that. Judy Dench. A speck. We are all but a speck. So the idea that the Alliance's only platform is to be against the SEC sounds very political. We are, we are in a world where sometimes politics, the best thing you can do in politics is be against the other people. And it's like, well, what are you doing? It's like being against them. That's our main thing. And that can really, really work sometimes. So this might work. You get a bunch of, you have somebody do a thing. It's like, oh, did you see the thing that person did? It's like, yeah, that, that thing, it seems pretty good for them. It's like, hey, do you want to do a thing that would be as good for us as that was for them? It's like, no, I have a better idea. Let's do nothing and just be against their thing. It's like, you know what? That sounds awesome. So that <laughs> might be, it might work so i understand why they're doing it and i do think it's possible if we get a playoff that spreads out opportunity spreads out power all those things i do think in the end the people hurt most by not expanding two years early are the people in the alliance and do they greatly enhance their chances of getting what they want by not expanding probably not so it's the people who the people who are hurt are the people who are doing it, and they are not going to get anything out of it. I do think that's possible, but it's not going to kill the SEC. You are, you are in the process because it's a big dog fight. The little dogs, like 
the American and the Sun Belt and the Mountain West and Mountain West still exist. It does, right? Yes. Sorry. I you're that's why. I didn't mean that. I didn't mean that to be a jerk. I just meant that from a point of ignorance. Shout out to the Mountain West champion, uh, Utah State. Come on, come on. Utah State thinking, okay, if we get the 12 two years early, we might make the playoff that year. That's not going to happen. So they get hurt by this while the big while the big dogs fight. I sort of get why the alliance is doing it. I don't like why they're doing it. Let's do this. Is there anything good about this? Like what what is the good about slowing this down? Because I think I could argue why it's not terrible to slow it down, but I'm not sure what's good about slowing it down. Well, I'm, I'm sure Jim Phillips gets to go to his country club and and brag to his friends about how powerful he is. But no, in, in all seriousness, I do think that the one good thing about this is it is a good thing that we are going to get a clear a clear break when we go to market with these television contracts. I mean, I think that we are all at a point. I think that even people in the building would say that we're at this point with ESPN where they have this crazy power in the sport, just unmatched power in this sport compared to any other sport in in the world. I, I don't think that there's a comparable situation. And so I think the idea that we're going to go to market and it's going to be completely free and open that team, that uh, these networks are going to be able to bid on the playoff and potentially have a split playoff, which I think would actually be really good. Kind of the way that you have uh, with, you know, the NFL playoffs, right? You, you mix it between the networks, different, different channels can air the Super Bowl in different years. I think that's a great thing. I think that's good for the sport that there is that kind of competition and that one network doesn't get to just own everything right so i do think that that is a positive that we're going to be going into a truly open market with it because while you know if they did play for two years with the espn and then go into an open market you know it would be open it still does give espn i think a lot of advantage to sort of say we already know how to do this we've already done it why would you go in another direction so i do think that taking it to a truly open market is a good thing but it I just don't think that it matters enough to make up for all this stuff that it's doing to sabotage the sport at the same time. I do think that's possibly the most important thing going on here. We've talked about that on this podcast before, lessening ESPN's power. Don't let ESPN be the de facto commissioner of college football. I I do think you should have been able to do that within the existing contract. And as you said, ESPN gets two years of the expanded playoff at the end of this contract, and then you go to open market. I think you should have been able to figure out a way to do that. But if they felt like they couldn't, then, okay, I think that's reasonable. Like, But that's not what they're saying, right? So what, all the reporting seems to come down to Han, and the question is, are these good reasons to not expand early? One is the extra number of games, which is a health and safety issue, which the ACC has brought up, which we talked about last week. How do you rectify that? Number two is automatic qualifiers. Do the Power Five conferences get, do their champs get in automatically or not? Or is it the six highest ranked conference champs? That, by the reporting from many people, including Ross Dellinger, Sports Illustrated, seems to be a real sticking point for the Big Ten. And then the last is the Rose Bowl. And the Rose Bowl, which is nothing more than a building and a parade that wants to be played at five o'clock. Eastern time, 2 p.m. Pacific, on New Year's Day, no matter what. It's like, could you please? And then Judy Stent said, and then there was nuclear holocaust. But still, the people gathered every January 1st in a small building near the mountains along the ocean. 
or what was left of the area along the ocean after the rest of California plunged into the sea. But the Rose Bowl was still played with the sun setting over the mountains because nothing matters as much as the frickin' Rose Bowl! Why? Why? <laughs> Why? Like, we're all going to be dead and gone, and that building is – is it going to be like the Coliseum? Like, the, like a million years from now, people are going to – I guess we're not a million years removed from the fall of the Roman Empire. Uh, like, a like hundred years from now, people are going to be coming back and be like, Daddy, what's that building in the mountains? Like, that was the site of the Rose Bowl, the greatest gathering of humans the world has ever known. Why are we – so it's Rose Bowl automatic qualifiers – and too many games are any of those actually legitimate and i don't want to undermine your ability to say yes we should kowtow to a building and a time kick for the kickoff <laughs> i mean i can't believe i haven't thought of this before how, how have i not spread how have we not spread the propaganda in the pac-12 and big 10 that the coastal elites are are holding up the college football playoff how have we not done that as yet with the rose bowl i think that that would i think that would get people in quite a frenzy like, can we blame – if you could blame this on Gavin Newsom, people would be like oh. – <laughs> Yeah, exactly. 100%. <laughs> it's, it's Gavin Newsom's fault that we haven't <laughs> expanded the college football playoff. But, you know, I, I I think that there are pieces of all those things that are legitimate, right? I don't – Rose Bowl's a cool game. Yes, it's a building. It's a It's a game. Okay, sure. You know, I think it is something worth taking into account. I don't think it's something worth blowing up the whole sport over. Uh, you know, the, the amount of games thing, sure, fine. But like you said, if we're in a position where, uh, where Texas and Oklahoma haven't just joined the SEC, we're not having this conversation. The SEC is not bringing to light this idea that we're playing too many games if Texas and Oklahoma aren't heading to the SEC. They're just not. They're, it would have been rubber stamped. So it's an excuse, but. Like we, like we talked about on the last show, it's a very Big Ten or Pac-12 excuse to be like, we're just looking out for the interests of the players and we're the Atlantic Coast Conference, you know? Syracuse just feels very strongly about this. <laughs> and, you know, it's, come on, what are we, what are we doing here? And so I, I think that there is, again, some legitimacy to all of those things. But when you look at it in, in totality, it, they're just not real right they're not real concerns that these conferences are bringing to the table and it's more than anything else a, a leverage play and the other thing too that i'll throw on top of this is if all this happens well and it looks like it is if we wait until 2026 what is the biggest way that the sport is going to change that's going to benefit the alliance because this happened because in my view the biggest thing that the sport could do to better serve the Alliance and, and the Big 12. I mean, we haven't talked about the Big 12 basically this entire time because they voted for it the, for the, this playoff. But, you know, to better serve the Alliance, the best thing that I feel like could happen is more of their teams make the playoff. And this is a way that that happens. Nothing else that happens in these negotiations are going to impact the Alliance more than just having access. And, and I just don't see the pathway where let's let's say we get to 2026 and let's say we stick at four for whatever reason. Let's say that we come up with an agreement that for whatever reason stays at four. I don't anticipate that happening. I think we're going to be at 12 by 2026. But let's just say it happens. That is a death knell to, for the ACC as a conference. That is a death knell for the Big 12. That is a death knell for everybody who's not USC in the Pac-12. And obviously the Big 12 would be completely out of luck, right? So it's bad for everybody. 
<laughs> at that point. And the other thing too is that if you have these super powerful brands in the SEC, you might get three teams out of four in an expan- in in that kind of playoff, right? So it's just bad for everybody. And I don't think that these conferences are thinking straight on, on this perspective. I mean, I think that at the end of the day, the only thing that's going to fix the existential issues facing these conferences is being able to play in big games. And this is preventing them from being able to do that. You want to get your programs better. The way you get them better is by getting them more exposure. The way you get them more exposure is by expanding the playoffs. So like there is a pretty straight line to that. And I do think in the end, I'm not saying I would be in favor of bulldozing the Rose Bowl, but I'm saying if someone took a bulldozer in the middle of the night and then when you showed up at the Rose Bowl the next day, it was all parking lot, I wouldn't be against it. I'm not saying do it. And then the Rose Bowl was bulldozed. And the suggestion, I'm not saying bulldoze the Rose Bowl. I'm saying if it's bulldozed. Because that is insane, and the way that this sport hangs on to its past. Because that's the thing, too. It's like, hey, you guys want to put West Virginia in a conference with all Texas teams? Does it affect the Rose Bowl? No, it doesn't affect the Rose Bowl. Cool! You guys want to play at Rutgers on a Tuesday night? How about Nebraska at Rutgers on a Tuesday? Does it affect the Rose Bowl? doesn't affect the Rose Bowl. Let's do it! Let's spend those nickels. So that's what they're happy to do. I don't think any of that is really true. I think it's just all like weird little excuses. Or even if you had the ideas in your head. The main thing is you just you just want to slow down the SEC. You want to slow down ESPN. And if that's the real thing, um, then okay. But I don't think there's anything good about it, right? I don't, I don't think in the end, here's the one thing that is sort of better about the four-team playoff than the 12-team playoff. And we'll do that next on the College Football Survivor Show. The College Football Survivor Show, where playoff survival is always on the line. So, Shahan, I I do think one of the things that is enhanced by a four-team playoff, probably the only thing, is is the regular season of the best teams. Because in a 12-team playoff, Bama and Georgia and Ohio State and USC, when it gets rolling, and Clemson, they are literally going to know they made the playoff like when they kick off the first game of the regular season. They're going to get in 12 because they don't have to win because they're going to be one of the best teams in their conference. And right now they have to be the best team, which is why Clemson, like Clemson would have gotten in this year, I think. Right. Or that Ohio, Ohio State clearly would have gotten in this year. Clemson wouldn't have gotten in. They didn't win their conference. They they finished uh, like 20, I think. No, they, they finished like at 25. They, they weren't that close. But Dabo with that carrot of the 12 team playoffs would have rallied. the And then the man named Dabo rallied the troops <laughs> after an opening loss to the Georgia Bulldogs. I, I don't think that I don't think that Dabo uh, in game three or whatever playing Georgia Tech within six points <laughs> was just choosing to do that. I don't <laughs> think that he has that much control. He refused to let Kenny Pickett keep the Tigers from the playoff. No, well, all right, but you know what I'm saying. So I do think one thing that's enhanced is like if you're if you're Ohio State, if you're Alabama, that the threat of that upset you don't see coming in the regular season can legitimately ruin your season still because we are still in the world where one loss screws you up. But if one of the best things about keeping the four team playoff is making fans of great teams nervous. Because they might lose and get kicked out of the playoffs. Like, oh, I've, I've kind of asked Ohio State fans about that. The thrill of missing the playoff. Won't you miss that? It's like, what are you talking about? We're going to miss the playoff. What's the thrill in that? 
you you lessen quote lessen the regular season by expanding the playoff for great teams because the losses don't hurt as much. But when you get to the end, if you say, "Hey, listen, guys, I'm really sorry, but you're in the playoff." I know you lost twice, and you really were hoping that second loss would have been devastating enough to keep you at home, but we expanded for the money, and and you're ninth. We've got, we've got to put you in. We literally can't leave you out, and fans will be like, oh, well, I was really hoping that November 6th loss <laughs> to, to Mississippi State would have ruined our season, but I guess it didn't. I guess we'll have to go play for a title now. Thanks, expanded playoff. That literally – is the thing that is the best thing about the four-team playoff, and it actually doesn't exist. And and I will say, I mean, whew, as as a fan of college football, all I've ever wanted is for Alabama games to be more important, right? <laughs> like, all I've wanted is to have to watch more Georgia games. Oh, that's, I've been dying for that opportunity. I'm so grateful that this four-team playoff has finally given us the opportunity to only watch four teams and see whether one of them slips up so that anybody else in all of college football can matter at all. That's, that's what I've been waiting for. So thank you. Thank you, uh, four-team playoff for this opportunity. But in reality, right? Yes, you are, you are legitimately lessening the importance of Alabama's regular season at the cost of increasing the quality of 12 SEC teams' regular seasons, for making their seasons potentially actually matter, for making every Big Ten team's seasons matter, for making every Pac-12 team seasons matter, and by the way, making every Sunbelt team's, uh, their season matter, make every American Athletic Conference team season matter. Like, there's a pathway in a 12-team playoff with six auto-bids for these teams to actually have seasons that matter. So, yes, you know, uh, send up a prayer for for Alabama for not getting to play in as many meaningful games that are going to be nationally televised and watched by everybody. Uh, but, you know, it's I, I'll, I'll take it on. I'll take on that uh, that burden. I'll, I'll carry it on my back. So we don't know why they're doing it other than are we in agreement then that it is primarily a power play? This is their moment to seize it. The Pac-12, the Big Ten, and the ACC are seizing their moment to try to exert some sort of combined power against what the SEC wants, even if the thing that the SEC wants is also what they actually do want. And that it's just they're willing. And again, I think the thing that's hard is you talk about, well, it's not going to expand for four years. Well, it wasn't going to expand this year anyway. You're losing the cost of of this sort of last – It may it may be – isn't a last gasp. They're hoping it's not a last gasp. They're hoping that by exerting the power, they even the playing field a little bit. The cost is two years of an expanded playoff. I don't have any doubt that they'll get to 12 because the money's going to be too great. That's going to become clear in the TV negotiations of the open market. When they go to negotiate the new TV deal, the TV people are going to say, we're negotiating on 12. We're not paying for four. We're paying for 12. And then that's going to solve it. Because TV talks, as we said, that's going to solve it. We're going to get to 12 after this last four-year span. So you're losing the two years. That's what you're losing. Is it possible, Shahan, and we'll leave with this, is this Greg Sankey's fault? Because we keep saying, hey, you keep saying, if Texas and Oklahoma weren't going to the SEC, would anybody be against this? Why couldn't Greg Sankey wait? Why couldn't Greg? They have. They were having, he was one of the four people having the meetings about expanding the playoff. Why couldn't he wait to steal Oklahoma and Texas another two years until the playoff expansion was done? 
that he kind of is doing his thing and everybody's like, oh, why are you so wound up about it? It's like, well, why couldn't you wait on your thing and do everybody thing first? What's the reason for that? I mean, I, I don't think that this would have happened if, uh, like, I don't think Texas and Oklahoma leave for the SEC right now if it doesn't get leaked. Like, I do think that the leak is the thing that set it all off. I don't think that Texas and Oklahoma wanted to announce this season. I think they wanted to wait until 23 or 24. So I think it's Greg Sankey's fault from the perspective of, like, having this giant power grab in college football. But I don't think that he chose the timing. I, I think that this is timing that was necessitated by the leak happening. Which was Texas A&M probably leaking it, the fact of Texas coming. Thanks a lot, Aggies. Thanks a lot. And good journalism. I can't think of the name. It Was it Brett? Brent Zwerneman. Yeah, he's a longtime uh, Texas A&M beat writer for the Chronicle and the Express News. So that guy was tapped in to the right people at Texas A&M, and they wanted that news out, and great job by him, and he changed the face of college football forever. Yeah, and this is speculation. We don't know who his sources is. We're not trying to speculate, but it's the Texas A&M beat writer at SEC Media Days. I think that we can, I think we can safely say who was trying to stop this. We're not... On this podcast, just to be clear, we're not trying to speculate. We will say the naughty word for boy parts, but we will not speculate on this show. I'm grown ups here. Come on. I, I think that that is a very common expression. I, I, we'll find out. If we're not back <laughs> next week, you'll know why. Because we are about a spec. And that was the last podcast ever for the college football. My Judy Dench is just completely all over the place. She's in Harry Potter or no? Real quick, she's in Harry Potter or no? Uh, no, that's Maggie Smith. That's, see? But who's the one that's hosting the Harry Potter game show that's on right now? That's a different British lady. I, I'm not familiar with, with what's going on there. You don't watch the Harry Potter game show? Is that a thing? I Are you a Harry Potter guy? I, I am. I, I think, didn't I mention I, I, I stood in line at midnight to get the, uh, the last book. And you've got to, you've got to, we've got to cover that in a future podcast. You've got to watch the Harry Potter. It's Maggie Smith, I think. Maggie Smith? Yeah. British people. To me, there's just one British person and then they just take turns talking. That, I, it's, it's the same person. Okay. So remember this. So the alliance is holding off on play of expansion just as some kind of power play against the SEC. That's really all that's a play. The idea of trying to limit ESPN and SEC power from completely controlling the sport is perhaps an admirable goal. We don't know if this will do that or not, but that's really what's at play here. Jim Phillips, the ACC commissioner, who was a Big Ten AD, but it was a Northwestern AD. It's like, does that really count? It's like, hey, Jim's a Big Ten AD. It's like, it's Northwestern. But it's a Big Ten AD. It's Northwestern, though. Does it really count? He's exerting this control of the ACC, and that really mattered. We're missing out on two years of expanded playoff. We were going to have a four-team in 22 and 23, probably no matter what, 24 and 25. At the beginning, they acted like maybe they could get the 12-team playoff done for 23. At the very, very beginning, maybe we were going to have three years of expanded before the TV deal was out. By the end of this, we're missing out on two, two years of it, and then they'll redo all this again, and we think we'll have expansion in 2026. So we just started this podcast four years early. We wanted to lean in. You know what? We'll be back. We'll take a two-and-a-half-year break. We'll come back and pick up right where we left off here with further talks of expansion. For now, who knows what will happen in two-and-a-half. We are all but a speck. Will we exist in two-and-a-half years? Will the world exist in two-and-a-half years? Who knows? Now, we'll be back on Thursday for Apple Podcast subscribers and back here next week on Wednesday for Shahan Jeharaja of CBS Sports. I'm Doug Maurice. And that was the College Football Survivor Show.
The College Football Survivor Show, where playoff survival is always on the line.